0: Okay, what's up, everybody? How are we? I always say that like I'm going to get an answer back. Don't worry, I'm not crazy. I know I'm not going to get an answer back, but maybe you answered me, you know? Maybe you said into your headphones or on your computer or however you're listening, maybe you said, you know, I'm fine or I'm good or I'm bad or whatever. Um, I feel like everyone's in a really weird headspace, the whole world is just, like, so isolated and weird, and I feel like we're all craving, like, human interaction, but some of us, we're actually dreading it. We actually feel weird going, you know, um, places and interacting with people. Have I made a podcast in this living room yet? Because I feel like I'm echoing, and I really don't want to do that, but... Um. Let me start off by saying that I'm definitely going to get cut off. Um, and I will be adding another segment to this, you know, after because I can do that. And I've been pre recording and I can stop this whenever I want and I can start up recording again. So it doesn't matter. Um, I'm going to get cut off because my mom will come back home and bring me my Dunkin'. And, um, you know, I would want, like to eat my Dunkin'. <laughs> So I'm going to be cut off for a bit, but I'm home by myself right now and I have some peace and quiet for a, l- a little bit. So I figured I'd just record in the living room because it's nice and bright and airy in here and fun and fun, whatever. But, um, yeah, so thanks for coming back. Um, I want to say that I love um all the plays that we've been getting on the podcast with me and Amber. I really, I really appreciate it. Um... I'm not sure how I want to do this yet. I'm not sure if I I have, you know, another episode recorded with Amber already. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to put that out today. Today's Friday. Um, you guys don't care. It'll be out whenever. Um, I was thinking of maybe, you know, maybe it's one with me and Amber, then it's me. Then it's me and Amber, then it's me. Just so we're, you know, alternating, but we can also just do in the order that I record, which would be Amber's on the next one again, so I don't know, um, whatever it is, <laughs> you guys don't care, you guys are just hitting play, so it doesn't matter, but, um, yeah, I really appreciate it, um, I know you guys are gonna love her as much as I love her, and, um, you know, so thank you, um, also, let's address the elephant in the room, um, Almost ten of you, okay, like nine of you, played my last episode where I talked about my grandma. Um, Long story short, I accidentally, you know, replaced the audio with me and Amber in that. um, I accidentally added our audio over it, then deleted that audio. So basically, the episode's gone. Do I still have the audio? Yeah, but why would I repost it? Because um, a lot of you guys already listened to it, and the audio was honestly terrible. And it was like me at like 3 in the morning, like whispering, and I already addressed this on um the first episode with Amber. No, I didn't. Did I? I think I did. Yeah, I did address it on the first episode with Amber, so that's why that episode's gone. But, you know, I was just talking about my grandma. My grandma recently passed away. um, And I was talking about her. But she wouldn't want me to talk about her like that. I mean, I wasn't really that negative. But, you know, she'd want me to just celebrate her life. And um, that's what I've been trying to do. And I'm still in the breathing process for those of you who didn't listen to the episode my grandma had pancreatic cancer and we knew that this was coming and she slowly just went on a decline and I said um you know I saw her four days before she passed she was sleeping the whole time and um I just hope that she knew that I was there um and the time before that you know uh she was responsive and I did say um you know, um, I love you and I'll see you soon. And that's the last thing I said to her. And that's all I could have asked for. That That is the last thing that I wanted to say to her. So I don't regret anything in that regard. We had no problems. You know, all the fights that we had before, I forgave her for. I just said, you know, I love you. I don't want this between us and, you know, I was in a bad spot, you were in a bad spot, the situation wasn't good, and, you know, it was the best thing for me to leave that house when I did, and as for her, it was the best thing for her, because things just started spiraling, spiraling after that, uh, her health-wise, so, um, you know, I didn't want any problems with her, and I wanted our relationship to leave off on a good note and for me not to regret anything that happened or that I said or that I did or whatever and I don't and that's all I could ask for and I um you know I hope that she knows that I was there um and you know that's all I could ask for so that's pretty much all i'm gonna say on my grandma um what i said on the last episode was if you guys knew her just know that she loved you she loved all of my friends and um she just constantly asked about you guys constantly talked about you guys and always wanted to know about your lives and your school life and if you were dating someone and um if you had a job if you had a car how are your parents you know like she always asked about you guys so please know that she didn't forget about you guys even if she met you literally one time she always remembered everyone that she met so she always asked about you guys so please um remember her that way remember her you know funny and giving you advice and just, um, you know, if you saw her sick, try, just try not to remember that because a couple of my friends did see her sick and I just don't want you guys to have that memory in your head of her that way. You know, I want you guys to remember her before she was sick. Um, so that's my little talk on my grandma and, um, I did say that I heard a bang on my wall in the episode the morning that she passed. Um, because I said, uh, ask, I need I need you to tell me that you're okay. And I heard a bang. And I did explain that I'm a, on the podcast with Amber in more detail. So if you want to check that out, please do if you haven't already. And um, this episode, you know, I've had a lot going on in my mind about everything that I've been through and how how different my life is now. Um, In a million years, I never expected to be living where I am right now. This is the house that I would come to for Christmas and Thanksgiving. Um, I never thought I'd be living here. It's super interesting. You know, I've... I talked about kind of... This with my therapist yesterday... Just because she said you're basically like a nomad, like, and I said yes, I haven't had my own house in two and a half years, and she was like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, I left my house in 2018." And she was like, "Yeah, I knew that, but I just don't have a concept of time anymore." Like, um, she's been with she's she knows my whole story. Um, I've been with her for a while now, and she knows everything. She knows about my grandma. She knows just, I've been moving around. She knows about my dad. She knows like everything. Like, you know, I went into being with her because of divorce. Um, but it's a lot more than that. Now, you know, you build a a different relationship over the, over time with your therapist. And, you know, honestly, your therapist gets so invested in your life, even though they're being paid to be invested, but they they get invested and they want to know like she even told me that she would go to my grandma's grave and I was like oh my god thank you like you know and she said I want to say goodbye to her too like we met she was an amazing person she was a movie character like literally um and I want to go see her I want to say goodbye to her as well you know like having that you know balance between a professional relationship but then also like she did meet my grandma and Meaning her, like, the few times that they met, she still built a relationship over those few times and wants to go visit her. So that means a lot to me because she doesn't have to do that. She's being paid to listen to me. And, you know, she she's invested as much as I am in my own life. So, um, you know, it's... Anyway, so we were talking obviously, yesterday, and um, I honestly never pictured myself as someone to move around as much as I have. I kind of thought that I would be in that house until we moved to Florida. That was the plan. Like, I was going to finish high school. I was going to stay in high school. I was going to finish the high school that I was in because my parents always emphasize how important that was where is my voice right now <clears throat> i'm so sorry i've been so congested it's the weather because it's a different temperature every day and everyone in this house is feeling it everyone's like why do i feel like crap so bear with me i'm trying <laughs> um but yeah um i that was what is that's what was expected of me to go to this high school, complete this high school, then go to a normal college, um, get a very nice career, and make tons of money. That's what was expected of me. Did I do any of that? No. <laughs> um, what year did I leave? 20? Okay, so I left my house like a month before I was going to be a junior. So, you know, that happened. And then senior year old rolled around and I said, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I said, I'm eliminating things in my life that I don't like. Number one being my toxic household. Number two being my dad. And (laughs) sorry, but it's true. Um, And I wanted to eliminate the other thing. Because honestly, I wasn't that stressed out anymore. I had eliminated the toxic, toxic household. I had set up boundaries with my dad. Did he respect those boundaries? No, but I was figuring that out. And the house that I was in, you know, there was some fights. I can't say there wasn't, but I was eliminating those things. And the one thing that was still stressing me out every single day was the school I was in. So I said, I need to eliminate that. And then it was, okay, this house is getting toxic. I need to move out. You know, I've been slowly just weaving my my way through things. And it's caused me to not be in a house that was my house since I was 15. And I'm going to be 18. And it's just, I've been moving around so much. And I never thought that this would be my life. Um, But... It is. So basically this episode I wanted to talk about divorce. I wanted to talk about being an only child in a divorce. I you know, but I've mentioned these things before, so I think I just want to explain things that I haven't because for starters, being an only child is hard. It's also easy in a sense because you don't have to share anything. You have your own room. You have a nice bed. You, everything that you have is yours, right? You don't have someone that you have to share things with, you know. And that that can be very um, that can destroy you in a sense because then you become spoiled, and I'm not going to say that I've always been spoiled because I haven't, but we've been over this. My parents didn't have everything that they wanted, and part of that being a parent is you want to give your kid what you didn't have, and that was a main thing. Um So... I got a lot of things, and people would compare me, and I didn't like that, because I knew them. I, I knew my parents worked hard for what we had, and yeah, I was young, and I didn't understand that for a while, but once I did, it was like, no, no, you don't need to buy me that, no, no, we don't need to go out to dinner again, like, we don't need to go on another vacation this year, we've already been on one, you know, like, things in my head, just weighing out things, when you get older you realize what's important and so in that regard, being an only child can be great, but it can also be um, damaging to you the other thing that people like to point out is that only childs don't you know, they, they don't have someone to go to. And this is what I really wanted to get into. But basically, in a divorce, it's never pretty. And both of your parents are on the same, they're on, oh my God, they're on different pages. And you're a middleman. Because no matter how much you, you know, it was very clear from the beginning that I was going to be on my mom's side, if you will, and I was going to be with her and yada yada, right? No matter how much I wanted that, I kept getting pulled back. And I just kept getting pulled back and I couldn't keep my feet on the ground basically because I just kept getting pulled back in. No matter how much, you know, when I left my house in the beginning, I didn't, want, I didn't want anything to do with my dad. But then the guilt started coming in my head where it was like, he's your dad. A lot of people don't have dads. A lot of people's dads are in prison or in rehab or they've never seen them. They've never met them. They died, whatever it is, right? And I'm comparing that to my situation, which please don't ever do because it's not beneficial to you everyone's experience is their own and at the end of the day if someone's treating you like trash right it doesn't matter if they're blood it doesn't matter what they've given you people change and sadly people change in negative ways as well people change positive ways too but things go downhill pretty quickly once they start spiraling. So that's what happened with my dad. And I kept getting pulled back in because I would go back and forth from my house. So I would would be at my grandma's, then I would walk over. I would feel like I have to see my dad. My dad would only talk about my mom the whole time. So then I would go back and my mom would say, well, what did dad say? And then I would tell... Back and forth. So I was a middleman for a very long time. And it's hard because I'm the only child, right? So they're both fighting for my attention. They're also, I'm kind of like a spy on each of them because I'm giving information back and forth about what the other one is saying. It's kind of like we're in like first grade where, oh, tell me what he said, tell me what she said. And I'm going back and forth. And I, at one point I had to stop. Because I didn't want to, you know, first of all, I didn't want to see my dad. But I felt like I needed to. To know that I wasn't making the wrong decision. To know that he was just getting worse. And once I knew that, it was easy for me. It was easy for me to just cut him off. But I didn't want to have that guilt. I didn't want to have that guilt that, you know, maybe he is changing. You know, maybe he did get his life together, whatever it is, but he didn't and he still hasn't. And that's the truth. So I didn't want to have that guilt. Number one, because I know it's, I'm extremely lucky to have a father. And deep down, I wanted him to change. I wanted him to realize what he did. I wanted him to take accountability. And I'm still dealing with this in my head. I've had I've had these dreams about him the last couple months. They started once I cut him off. And just every dream, I'm fighting with him. And I'm trying to get a response back. And every time, his response is different because... My brain can't figure out what his response would be because I don't know. And dreams tell a lot. And when I went to tell my therapist this, I was like, hey, listen, I don't know if you know a lot about dreams, but, and she said, no, no, it's part of being a therapist. You learn about dream analysis. And I was like, oh, great, please help me. So... um. Believe it or not, everything you see in a dream means something. The direction you're walking, the color you're wearing, the setting. If you're inside a house, if you're outside a house when it happens, if you're on a plane, on a train, wherever. All of these things in a dream, that's why I think it's important to like write down your dreams. And you know, I haven't really been doing that. I've been trying to, but they've kind of been fading in and out. I just, For a while, I said, you know, maybe I need to text him, maybe I need to write him a letter, whatever it may be, and then block him and figure it out from there, just so I can get this off my chest. But you see, in these situations, I had so much happening that my brain couldn't process in time what was going on. So my brain's just catching up now. And that's why I'm having these dreams And I'm having these dreams because in my mind, I'm trying to get some sort of closure, right? And in this situation, I don't have any closure. I don't think I'm ever going to have it. I'm never going to get that apology that I want and that accountability that I want and whatever it may be. I'm never going to get that. But in my head... You know, it's just trying to work it out, right? And it's hard. It is hard because I didn't get to say what I wanted to say. For, I didn't get to say what I wanted to say to him. Little bits and pieces, but I kind of walked away from it because I knew that He wouldn't listen to me, and I'm kind of just talking to the air at that point, so I kind of just put it behind me, and that's why it's building up again because I never got to say what I wanted to say. I never got that closure. So the thing is, is like when you're an only child in the divorce, you – I found myself – really going back and forth between parents because the thing is you, as if you have a sibling, right? You have someone to talk to about these things. And right now hmm, i don't think so i heard the door slam oh yeah my mom is here all right i'm gonna cut and come back guys later and we'll discuss the rest <laughs> all right i'm back and i'm literally so excited because you guys are loving the podcast like i off topic but like Literally, I'm so happy. Um, I'm getting messages from people. The plays are going up. Um, I'm going to stop right here in the middle and tell you that I literally just came out with the schedule. So there's going to be new episodes every Tuesday and Fridays. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the episodes when they come out. Um, I'm so happy. Thank you guys so much. Um, and I've just decided that I'm going to put out the episodes in order that we record them. So, um, the one with Amber is already up. So, um, yeah, I put that up a couple minutes ago. Um... So I'm just so excited for... I'm just over the moon because I've I've been wanting to give my attention to something. And I feel like this is the right time to give my attention to it. So... Yeah, um also if you guys don't know I have a YouTube channel. Just look up Olivia Marie on YouTube and I have YouTube videos. Um should be a new one up soon. Um once I transfer it and edit it, but I've just been giving my time to the podcast. Um we also got a 5-star rating, so thank you so much. Um I really appreciate it. And yes, yeah, so on the topic that I was talking about of being an only child and, you know, going through a divorce and everything like that. I was saying how, you know, most kids have a sibling to talk to. I did not. So I found myself going back and forth. When I was mad at my mom, I would go to my dad. When I was mad at my dad, I'd go to my mom and, like, talk crap about the other, you know, (laughs) basic only child stuff. Um... So I think that's what I was getting into earlier, but you know, there's not much to say about it other than the fact that like I wish I didn't do that. Um because I honestly was never on like good terms with my dad. We just never got along and the fact that like I was so eager to like talk to someone I would just go back and talk to him like obviously is not the the move. So, if you're in my situation, don't do that. It just makes things worse. And then the other parent feels like they're betrayed because, you know, it just isn't cool. So, don't do that. Um, I would say, you know, just have someone that you can talk to because Gina, my cousin, a lot of, a lot of you guys know her. She was a person I talked to. Um, cause she's like my sister and we did live together for a long time. So, um, she was my person, but I know a lot of only, uh, childs don't, um, have that. So you can always make friends online safely, obviously. And, um, but really trust who you're giving this information to. Because, you know, it's really personal. That's kinda why well I was kind of forced into getting a therapist. Um but I really recommend therapy. A thousand percent I recommend it. Because it's an outsider who has nothing to do with your situation, like literally it's not on anyone's side and just comes in as like a neutral person to just hear what's going on and give their feedback and you know, therapy is not supposed to be a lecture. It's supposed to be a back and forth conversation. It's not supposed to be to be an interview. It's just supposed to feel like a regular conversation that you have, like with one of your friends or whatever. So, if you don't like your therapist, there's always there's a ton that you can. There's a ton. There's also online options that I've talked about, like BetterHelp or um, Talkspace. Great options as well. Um, but. I really recommend therapy, Um, you know, so that's, I don't know where I was going with this. I think I was just saying, like, the divorce was hard, but then on top of that, being an only child and, like, having to go back and forth between parents was extremely difficult. If you're going through that, just know that it's eventually going to stop. Um, you know, this divorce took 2 years literally. Like we literally just finished it like last month. Um and that's like the bare minimum time my therapist told me that from the beginning. She said, you know, divorces the bare minimum is like 2 years. Unless, you know, both people are really respectful of each other don't want any problems want it done quick yeah but usually that's not the case usually you're divorcing someone and you hate them (laughs) so it isn't you know sunshine and rainbows when it comes to that stuff because it's not fun either way and being an only child doesn't make it easy but Just know that you'll get through it, and um, it does get better, but it does get hard at times. You know, I can't say that it doesn't, because it was hard. Um, The thing that I want you guys to know is that no one can tell you how you feel. You know, you're entitled to your own feelings, thoughts, and emotions, and... If you don't want a relationship with a parent, that's up to you. If you want a relationship, if you want to work on a relationship, whatever it is, it's all up to you and you know I've had people say, "Well, he's your dad, you should have a relationship he's your but that's the only comeback that people have because everyone feels like that you are kind of a liability where you have an alliance, basically because, oh, this man, you know created you or whatever and gave you this and paid for the food on your table and took you on vacation and y- yada yada like, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to sit here and say that my dad was a terrible provider because he was not he worked his ass off you know, I will never say that he didn't, but the thing is, it's, like, how far do those things reach? Because, like, my therapist said this yesterday, like, she was like, blood doesn't mean anything anymore. It's just, like, when someone treats you bad, you have a limit. Everyone has a breaking point, and at this point, I'm kind of just exhausted because I dealt with it for two and a half years, just going back and forth. And I'm a completely different person when I'm with my dad. All of my friends notice it. My family notices it. One of my dad's girlfriends notices it. <laughs> I say one of them because um, he has many. And um, I'm not condoning any of that behavior, believe me. Um, I just, I'm telling you straight up, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Um, I would like to tell you guys about a conversation that I had with one of my dad's girlfriends. Um, well, we're not going to name her. We're not going to say anything about, uh, we're just going to say that we were talking one time and She said, You know, you're a quiet person. You like to listen. You're just quiet. You're thinking. And I said, I, okay, I said, You only know me when I'm with my dad because you're, in quotes, with him. So you only see how I act when I'm around him. Because usually, you're only around when he's around. Not all the time. And in this situation, he was not because of other circumstances that I'm not going to get into. But that's what I said. I said, when I'm with him, I zone him out. It's a habit. <laughs> it's kind of like when I'm in school, guys. I When I was in school, like regular school, which was a while ago... <laughs> what's that? No. Um, I would zone out teachers. Not all my teachers. Teachers that I liked, I could listen to them talk for a while. But I would zone them out, which I don't um, recommend because um, you know, you should listen because um, you know, <laughs> there's tests and quizzes and You know, things that you um, should listen to when you're at school. (laughs) Um, Sorry, I'm getting a bunch of text messages right now. Um, Don't zone out your teachers. (laughs) It's just a habit for me. Um, Because, um, I don't you know it's hard for me to listen to people talk when i i'm i'm very much of a visual learner and like that's why the field that i'm going to be getting into like an esthetician work very very visual like you're doing it like you're doing facials you're doing waxing all that stuff that i already do but you know professionally learning how to do it um very visual very like you know, not textbook. Like, you just do it. You learn by doing. That's how I am. And in school, that's why it was so hard for me to um, listen. Because I, I'm very much of a visual learner. So, that's why. Um, anyway. So, I tune him out. He sounds like a school teacher to me because all he does is lecture me, so my brain does it automatically where I'm not even thinking so and I'm very closed off, super closed off. Um, don't tell him much um, literally don't I don't tell him anything. <laughs> I give him very point blank answers like yes, no. And I would sit there and play with my dog and not even listen to him. And when he's talking to me, I'm just, my brain automatically tunes him out. So that's all this girlfriend um, saw. So she assumes that I'm a really like quiet, timid person. It's like, no, I just don't talk to my dad like I talk to everyone else. Like I don't even see him as my dad. I see him as like a school teacher. I see him as a stranger. Um, so I kind of said, I said, listen, I'm a very loud person. I'm a very outgoing person. I said, you have never seen me that way because you're we're never in that situation together. I said, yes. I'm. I like to listen to people. I give people all the time in the world to talk to me about their problems. Um, but I'm not a quiet person when you know me. Um, I'm very expressive. I'm very loud. And basically I am always like with my dad, the way that I was in school. That's why people don't know my real personality because I don't show it. Um, when I was in school and that's why people will be like, why are you so quiet in person? But so outgoing on the internet. And I'm like, first of all, I hate all of you. <laughs> Hate school and I'm tuning all of you out to be honest and I'm tuning the teacher out I'm not even in the dimension we're in when I'm home when I'm filming when I'm uploading when I'm podcasting whatever I'm doing when I'm taking pictures that's my world that's my passion that's my love and that's why I'm so outgoing with that, I can be myself on the internet, can't be myself in person. The school that I was in doesn't like any of that. It's all look this way, dress this way, act this way. It's very, very like we're going into battle, right? Everyone needs to look the same and act the same. And being creative is frowned on. Being athletic is the best thing in the world. So. Being. Um, you know. created Creative was not cool. Uh, sorry. Um, yeah. We'll. Figure it out. Sorry. Amber is texting me. Because. Trying to figure out stuff for a podcast. Anyway, so, um, what was I saying? Basically, I go into school mode when I see my dad. People are like, you are not, you are a robot. And I'm like, I know. And I'm literally not doing it on purpose. Like, I just, it's like an automatic thing. Like someone flipped the switch down and like my personality is gone. My responses are gone. My body language is... Like, everything's gone. And I'm just like a... Like, I'm literally like a robot. So... I was just like, you know, I talk to you a lot. To this girlfriend. Um, I, I don't talk to my dad that way. And... Um, that's why. I said I'm not myself around him. And that's the only way you know me. And she was like, wow. (laughs) So. I've I've noticed that parallel a lot. And it's so funny because my friends are like. I didn't know who you were a second ago. Because literally like. when, When I'll be with my dad or whatever. Like when my dad will come up. And try to talk to me when I'm with one of my friends. Like when I used to. Live where I lived. Um my friends would be like, what the, like, that was not you. (laughs) And I was like, I know, I just disappeared. Like, I can't, it's so crazy. (laughs) Um, Because number one, I don't, I don't have anything to say to him. I'm not listening to what he's saying because he's not listening to what I'm saying because he's just thinking what he's going to say next. He doesn't listen. So I don't even give him my time. When I went to go see him, it wasn't for him, it was for my dog. So I'm tuning him out. He's tuning me out. He's thinking of his responses. And I'm not listening. (laughs) So I become a robot. And it's very interesting and weird, but it's true. And, um... It's weird, man. (laughs) It's very interesting. Um, And on the other hand, I don't think he deserves to see the real me. Because he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve my time, my energy, or to know me as a person. That's why he's blocked on every social media. Because he doesn't deserve that. So, I don't give him anything anymore. Nothing. Because he had his chance and, you know, I put up so many boundaries that I thought were going to work and he never respected any of them. So, why should I? return the favor, return the respect, when I didn't get any. You know, I believe in second chances, but I don't believe in 56, 75, 120, 310, (laughs) like all these second chances, right? Because... you can only i can only allow so many and i tried for a while you know I, i've said this from the beginning but i knew from the beginning that i i, I didn't want to, i wanted a divorce but unfortunately i'm not the one married to him <laughs> so But in a way, it's, I'm attached to him. I think about everything that I went through in that house. I don't know how I survived. I don't know how I lived there. I think about it a lot. It's a part of me where I just, like even going to see that house, Walking inside, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like I lived there. It doesn't feel like my house anymore. The place was like prison. And, you know, I can't believe I lived through that for so long. Because we're talking, um, my dad changed after he retired Um, which we've been over and I was like seven or eight and then we're talking till I was 15. I endured all of that and for all those years. So that's like seven or eight years. Plus everything once we left because it's not easy when you live next door. There's no boundaries. And yeah, we should have just moved somewhere else. But that's not what happened. And everything happens for a reason because my grandma started to get sick. She needed a ride to chemo. My mom was her ride because my grandpa worked and if we weren't there I don't know how she would've I don't know how anything would've worked out. We were there for a reason and we were there for the allotted time that we were supposed to be there and even though there were so many problems I don't regret it because you know my grandma could've, could've died much earlier to be honest with you because she wouldn't have had a way to get to treatment. Um, so it's a lot <laughs> just when I think back everything that happened made me the person I am. Just hard, like it was so traumatic and I was so young. But when I tell you that I did a full 180 after I left that house, It's so true because I literally rebelled for so long. I was kind of locked up, right? When I tell you everything that I did was controlled by my dad, my phone, my TV, my sleep time. Where I went, my friends, my vacations, my parties, um, my day-to-day life, what I ate, um, literally everything. You kind of feel like you're locked up. It's like everything I did was wrong. I was lectured for it. Couldn't make him happy. Not all the money in the world can make him happy. Not all the possessions that we had can make him happy. Not all the trips we went on can make him happy. Nothing made him happy. Not even me. I was a burden to him. I was just a, a, one of his possessions. I wasn't even his kid anymore. I was just something that he could control 24-7. But on the outside, it looked like, you know, like, this is the life, right? But it wasn't. that's why I know for a fact that outside persona is so different from what's normally what's going on. So I hate when people assume things because it was such a hard time in my life. Like I was literally a puppet on strings and like... I had no privacy, I had no boundaries, I had nothing, it was like, I had no, like, nothing was mine, and like, everything could be taken away from me, like, so quickly, like, I had nothing, like, it it looked like on the outside I had everything, but... In real life, like, every day I was, like, put down and, like, you know, told I was stupid or, like, just, and then, like, there was no trust. My dad has never trusted me. I could say I swear on my, I could say I swear on my grandma's life that I didn't, um watch um uh a tv show that's a random ass example but he would not believe me (laughs) I could like literally nothing like all the stuff that I got in trouble for that I didn't even do like and stuff that I got in trouble for that I, I didn't even like I literally didn't do anything he would just decide on random days oh no we're taking your phone oh no we're taking your iPod. Oh, no, we're taking your DS. Oh, no, no TV. I'll turn off the wipe, I'll do this. I'll do that. Like, <laughs> everything was controlled, man. <laughs> um, my life was the same every single day. And... I hated school, I hated my home life, like everything, man, like it was so bad, Um, I would take the bus in the morning, that was awful, because literally the school was 20 minutes from my house, and um, the bus ride was over an hour because we had to go and pick up kids from another school and like we all had a crowd on this bus and it was so bad I had to sit next to someone I didn't know every single day sometimes 3 in a seat Like literally it was horrible then we'd get there then I had a crummy ass day at school then my dad would pick me up because it was either him or it was the long bus ride home you see And at that point, I couldn't decide which was worse. But I had decided that, hey, you know, it'll be my car. My dog will be there. Nope, I really should have never done that because (laughs) every car at home, he would yell at me about something. Um, It's really hard for me to even remember what he would yell at me about. Like, I really don't know. Like he was so psychotic, guys. Like we talk about him a lot, but like I feel like like only my friend, my really close friends, know like how psychotic he was. Like I would put my phone on the charger, and I'd wake up in the morning for school, and I'd grab my phone, you know. And when I tell you, every single like. Like seventy tabs would be open, and he's stupid because he doesn't realize that I could literally see every single thing that he looked at. Because he didn't clear any of the tabs, he literally just went through my phone investigating like a like a like a cop, you know. Every single night, for like hours, I'm like, "What are you looking for? Like, please tell me." Like, constantly accuse me of doing things I shouldn't be doing, or watching things I shouldn't be watching, or whatever the case may be. Well, one time, guys, I went on my YouTube channel, and I realized a handful of videos had been deleted. Was I proud of those videos? Probably at the time, yeah, but do I realize now that they were cringy as hell? Yes, I was young. I was dumb. And honestly, YouTube was my escape. So when I saw these videos were gone, I was infuriated. But I realized, you know, my dad's dumb as hell. He doesn't even know how to like unlock his phone. He doesn't know how to take a picture. How would he delete my YouTube videos? Like no way, right? (laughs) But wait. So I looked through all the tabs. One of the tabs was <laughs> how to delete a YouTube video. Then I see my YouTube channels up. I see I'm scrolling and I'm like, oh my god, he purposely went on Google, typed in how to delete videos. Went on my channel, went in my settings, deleted videos. Left it all open like an idiot, though. He's so dumb, it's so funny. But when I tell you I wanted to kill him because I worked really hard on those. Like, that's when I started editing, like, and it was important to me because it was the only thing at the time that made me remotely happy because I was being creative. And when I tell you, oh, that was the other thing. He changed my settings on YouTube, so when I went, my channel like wouldn't open because he did some weird something in my settings and he put this weird code thing in and it would block me from sites with inappropriate things. Now when I'm saying that I couldn't get on a a web I wanted to go on um Glam Glow's website. You know Glam Glow, like with the masks, like and I have a ton of their masks now, but I wanted to go on their website. And in like, one picture or whatever, or one description, the word sexy was on the website. And it blocked me from the website. And I said... Phew. For well, this was after. Let's talk about when I first... We're going to wrap this up soon, but this story gets me heated to this day. I went in because I realized... Okay, there's something wrong here. He went in my settings and changed something. Then he deletes YouTube videos. I went in. I said, what did you do to my phone or something? And he's sitting at at the desk or whatever, looking at the computer. That's all he did all day, by the way. And he said, what do you mean? I didn't do anything. And I said, yes, you did. I said, number one, you deleted my YouTube videos. Number two, I can't, I don't, I really don't remember what he, he put some weird ass, like, you know, like how kids like can like lock certain websites, certain things. And like every time I wanted to go into something, he would have to type in a code. And it was so funny because my mom told me the code. So I would just do it myself. And then when it would do it, I would have to act like I didn't know the code. So then he would put it in. It was so funny. Oh, he did that on the TV too, oh my god He literally did that on the TV too he, he would block Things like 14 and up And I was literally Like 15 Like I was not, I don't know when this happened and How old I was, I think I was 14 or 15 when this happened, this was pretty Getting to the end But um <laughs> So we got we got in this fight i start like he starts yelling at me and i'm like can you t- can you i said why would you delete my youtube videos he said you were talking about this you were talking about how something else your life like you didn't like your your year or whatever you didn't like whatever everything had to revolve around his image about what his family needed to look like we were all supposed to be like clean cut no problems rich like all this stuff that he wanted us to be right and if i mentioned any flaw he wanted it gone so everything that i talked about my life things like that he deleted and i was mad at him obviously and then he was like put your channel on private and i said no. I said, no one will see the videos if I'm on private. That's the that's why I'm not on private. We get in a fight about that. Then I said, you need to go in my settings right now and, and tell me what the hell you did because nothing on YouTube is working and you literally blocked all this stuff. So then he put in some code and he's like turned around like secretly doing it and I'm like, really? Like what am, am I living? in a simulation like why is this happening to me and um dude it was crazy it was so crazy and um yeah and then later down the line i would look up like a literally my school website wouldn't work my canvas would not work i have to type in a code every single time when i wanted to go in it and i'm like why is it blocking it and he would literally not believe me i said It's not letting me go on my canvas. And there's nothing in there that would be preventing that. But I don't know what the hell he did. But blocked all this stuff. When I tell you the second I left that house. I I took all the privacy. I took all the children locks off. I took everything off. I literally fixed the settings. I don't have one thing on my phone now that has that. But I got a new phone now anyway. But. And. (laughs) That's. The tea because literally, I was so done with being controlled, like it was crazy. Um, yeah. So then I wanted to go on this mass website and I said, put the code in, and he was like, oh, for what? And I was like, it's a webs, it's literally a skincare website. I just want to look at the stuff, and he was like, ah, oh, I don't think it is because why would I'm like because the word sexy, like, is on the website like and it blocked it, and I was like, really? So, yes, I was a robot and a puppet, and it wasn't fun. It was so bad. Um, It was horrible. It was so horrible. But, you know, I tell you these stories because I know people go through this stuff, and, you know, I was so silenced for so long About things that I could talk about. Like, I literally was treated like I had no brain, and that I was five years old, and that I had no voice or opinion, and just like shut up and, you know, look like a Catholic schoolgirl who, you know, like just. (sighs) He wanted, like, the picture perfect family. And (laughs) now he's got nothing, you know, we talk about this a lot, but like, he kept the house, he kept the cars, he got the pool, he even got my dog, but he has no one else. So please look on the bright side if you're in this situation because, you know, yeah, I I did lose my house. I did lose my dog, and honestly, you know, I could really fight for my dog, but where is that going to get me? Like, I don't even want to associate with him anymore, so it is what it is. He has nothing. He he literally has nothing, and he lost the best thing he ever had. And he's going to have to live with that for the rest of his life, and I'm going to have to live with everything I went through. And if I have to, then he has to. And deep down, I know that he's just in denial. Like, part of me wants to, like, oh, maybe he doesn't remember what he said. But I know he does. I know he remembers every single detail of everything. Or he just pushed it, push it so far where he believes that he didn't do anything wrong. Or he or he knows he did and he's in denial. I think it's a mix of all three. But, you know, he he has to live with it. Which, honestly, I think is punishment enough because, you know, that's what it is. I can't make anyone change. It's also not my job. He's a 56-year-old man. You know, like, it's not my job to, like, try to change people anymore. I'm just sick of it. And I'm tired of it and if you're in this situation, please, if you can get out, please get out because it's the more that you deal with this stuff I have said this before, but I just started to believe that I was worthless because I was treated like I was worthless. When you hear things just over and over again every single day, you believe them. You start to believe them. And you start to hate yourself and then it just spirals out of control. And, you know, if you're going through this, I'm so sorry. But if, you know, if you're in a process of a divorce, please know that it does get better. It takes a little bit to see the light, but you'll eventually come out of the tunnel, I'm telling you. And, you know, you might have to live with some crazy stuff, but... You'll be out of the situation at some point. You know, they don't go on forever. And hopefully you don't have a parent. That's... What? So sorry. I was interrupted by my mother. <laughs> um, but I was going to say that I, I really hope that you don't have a parent that's dragging things out. Because my dad dragged it out on purpose just to be a jerk. So if you don't have that, be grateful. If you do have that, just know that the courts don't care. (laughs) Like literally, the judge got so sick of my dad. She was like, here's your time limit and we're not doing this again. You're not coming back here to complain again. We're ending it. (laughs) They get tired of it as much as you do. So the court will not stand for that crap. So just if you're in the middle of that, just know it'll end eventually because they get sick of it too. So, I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Again, our schedule, every every um, Tuesday and Friday so there's going to be new episodes. Um, check out my YouTube channel. Check out my social medias. Whatever you want, just do it, okay? Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Just know it means the absolute world to me. And, um, yeah, I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay positive. (laughs) Um, and just know we're all going to, we're going to get through this. Um, whatever you're going through, you're going to get through it just like I did. You know, I don't tell these stories to, um, bum people out. I tell these stories to, you know, give you some kind of hope. Because everybody's going through their own crap. And, like, I hope just me giving you my story helps you with yours. Just to know that things do get better. You know, you might have to fight for it for a while, but things will work out. Things do get better. Please know that. Um... And, yeah, so thank you. I love you. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.